This is the 100 Marathon Club by me, Darren Smith, and this is Hell on the Humber, the 19th and 20th of August, 2023, number 80. Have we managed to get this far in less than eight years? Yes, is the answer. They say that you learn from your mistakes, but I think that you learn regardless of the outcome. It doesn't have to be an unmitigated disaster for you to learn a lesson. You don't have to fail to progress. I ran Hoth, the hell on the Humber, way before Covid locked the country down. It is a lap race. I can't remember who ran it initially. Someone on Twitter, I think it was Con Wild. Uh, but the sheer hell of it attracted me. The race then had five formats, a six-hour race, a 12-hour race, 24, 36, uh, and a race, uh, I think it was 12, where you carry 30 kilos uh, in a backpack. The 36-hour race started on a Friday at 6pm and it finished on Sunday at 6am along with all the other races. So they started uh, progressive times over the course of the weekend. I was, back then in 2018, in my early days of marathon training. I used to train for marathons. It was five years ago. I'd only run 12 marathons at that point. And I hadn't even completed my first 12 in 12. That would actually be the year I did complete my first 12 in 12. And looking back... If I'd actually been a bit quicker or switched up my race from the 6-hour to the 12-hour, then this could have been one of them. But it wasn't. I ran it with Rachel and we logged 20 miles. Both of us uh, were just using the 6-hour version of the race uh, towards our own training. I'd completed my first half of the year. I'd run six marathons. Um, I'd failed at... Uh, comrades and old tracks uh, in Switzerland so uh, I'd had two screw-ups so I wanted to come back fighting but I didn't want to do the race here for 12 hours so instead it was a good training one 20 miles 20 miles is a good training one so that's five there and back laps across the Humber Bridge the longest I think suspension bridge certainly in the north I'm not sure if the seven uh, hum, uh, suspension bridge is any longer. I'm not an expert on bridges. What I know though is that this bridge is not flat. It also moves quite a bit and uh, the traffic is quite close to you. The experience did however stick with me. It stayed in my mind. There was a good crowd there. They all camp around the race HQ. Basically, you start at the race HQ, you run all the way across the bridge, all the way back again, and then have your number checked, and then people just sit down, have a nap. There are tents everywhere. People are eating and drinking, and there's lots of merriment. There was a food tent as well, from what I remember, uh, for the local charity or the charity that the race uh, supported that year where a lady was making bacon sandwiches and cups of tea throughout the night and, and people get food uh, delivered. Uber Eats is a big thing. So it got even bigger during uh, lockdown and now people could just phone up and bring me a McDonald's. 
Although the, the, the food is coming from Hull City Centre, which is about, I don't know, six miles away. So it's quite a hike um, if you... Um, if you're ordering the food so it's almost guaranteed to arrive cold the medals the t-shirts the vests the hoodies and the mugs and now the buffs and coasters are all emblazoned with the dia de los muertos skulls which are the uh, chosen symbol of the hell on the humber i don't really see the association between hell and dios de los muertos which is kind of a celebration of the dead but Tis what it is. I have a hoodie and a t-shirt from previous runnings anyway. And they are very cool and people will uh, will go there for the quality merch. And so, after running 20 miles in 2018, last year in 2022, I went back for more. They had binned the 24 and 36 hour versions during COVID and so we were just left with the 6, the 12 and the 12 with a backpack of weights in it. It was a weekend when one of the many, many rail strikes was taking place. So I had to go down the, a day early uh, on the Thursday, stay Friday night in a hotel and then race Saturday day. Uh, Saturday night and then obviously stay in the hotel Saturday night and come back Sunday. Absolute fucking disaster. Um, the race is fine. The hotel was fucking horrible. It was called The View. It was very, very noisy. Um, and not owning a car, I was kind of stuck there. It was then that I discovered when looking at the map that there was a Premier Inn down the road. In fact, the Premier Inn is just a seven minute walk from the Race HQ. Also, the Premier Inn had space and adjacent to it, a Brewer's Fair, which is kind of like a, I don't know, a harvester or a beef eater, one of those chains uh, that do pub food and fried breakfasts and the like. Um, and it was attached. So I said, fuck this noisy hotel, the view or whatever it's called. And I just walked down the road. I didn't even stay at the other place. It was so noisy and horrible. Checked into the Premier Inn. When I raced that year, 2022, I did things slightly differently to this year. And again, this is all about learning. Um, when I raced last year, I just took a backpack with me and in it I had some food and some drink and um, uh, a, a thick hoodie um, and a woolly cap and some sweatpants. And I just placed my bag on the ground uh, and then did a lap, did a lap, run back, put my track pants on, pull the hoodie back on, put the woolly hat on and sit on my bag for a little bit. Then take it off when I'm ready, go out and do it again. When I ran it in 2018, I, I ran six, but I could have kept going if I wanted to run 12. This time, or 2022, I, ran, I signed up for the 12. Now, the, the idea for me was that if I run the six, I do 20 miles. If I do the 12, then as soon as I've hit 28 miles, which is above a marathon distance, that I can just stop. 
Carl, however, the race director, well, he added a couple of extra rules that make hell on the Humber really hell. Number one, there's no music. And number two, up until that year, you had to continue running until the last half an hour of the race or you wouldn't have your time recorded. You would actually have a DNF, did not finish. So you could run for 11 and a half hours and it would be classed as a DNF. Whereas I just wanted to run 28 miles, which I can do in less than six but with the stopping and chilling out and talking to people i could certainly do it in seven so it would mean a case of i couldn't do that but last year carl decided to change things you see in the quite hilarious at times race briefing carl occasionally drops a bit of a surprise so I had not read the race briefing because it, it does go on and he kind of tries humour like there is no spoon and all these other jokes and things like that. And you kind of tune out when you're reading it. And if you don't listen or pay much attention to the uh, race briefing that he does at the beginning of the race, you also miss the key things. Ah. <sighs> What he changed, he changed the format. So it would still be a 12-hour race and a 6-hour race, but he then broke it up into 3-hour segments. So the 6-hour race, you have two segments from 6pm to 9pm and 9pm to midnight. And for the 12-hour race, you have four 3-hour segments from 6pm to 9pm, 9pm to midnight, midnight to 3am, and 3am to 6am. And you needed to complete at least one lap in each of those three-hour segments for you to record a race time and distance. So for me, I would need to enter at least one run, one lap between six and nine, one between nine and twelve, one between twelve and three, and one between three and six. However, and all of those who are kind of tuning out right now, there is a bit of a loophole. The wording in the email suggests that it's not that you need to run the entire segment in that in that window. You need to complete a segment in that window. And that makes it a very different race. For example, if you start a lap at 11 a.m. 11 p.m and you finish at 12.01, then that lap counts from the midnight to 3 a.m. segment, because you finished it at 12.01, so it's later than 12. So it counts in the following segment. Annoying, but you then realise that you no longer have to run until 6 a.m., you can finish the race by completing a lap in that last segment. And that last segment begins at 3.01. So you can start a lap at 2, finish at 3.01, and voila, you can go home or back to the hotel to finally get some sleep. That was another mistake that I made in 2022. Um, due to the fact there was a train strike, and I was stuck there for two days and not owning a car at the time. 
I was so desperate to get back to civilization that I booked a train back to London at 8am. So literally I finished at 3, got my bag, got my medal, dumped my rubbish in the waste bins, walked back to the hotel and I had literally had 3 hours sleep before getting a cab and heading back. However, like I said, it's all very different this year. This year, I learned from those mistakes. I was going to do things differently. 2023 was going to be the year that I did the hoth the right way. Getting back to it, I need to run 28 miles because it's for four mile laps. So you need, and I, I, I need a full marathon, so I need to do at least seven laps, seven laps of four miles. So when I did it, in 2022 I bashed out three laps quite quickly in the first three hours so I kind of did, did the first 12 miles and then sat down for about an hour uh, then after nine o'clock when it started to get cold and chilly I went out and bashed out another couple of laps so I'd already done five of my seven before midnight it's then dark and windy and cold so you basically spend more time sitting and relax and chilling in camp and then I do another lap, sort of like after midnight, that gets to be about one o'clock. Then I chill some more. And then about two o'clock, I did actually genuinely start my lap that finished just after three, bosh done. That was last year. I was cold. I was tired. I was heading back to London. I was barely going to get some sleep for two days. And I felt quite grumpy. This year, again, it would be different. I didn't want to carry uh, a full tent, like a pop, pop tent or pop tent, whatever you call it, on the train. So I bought a military surplus waterproof bivy bag. I also took my OM half sleeping bag that mostly does the, the lower half of you and it folds up to nothing, a down jacket, and the greatest thing I've ever seen, a fishing umbrella that has a spike so you can spike it into the ground and it has a zip all the way around the bottom of the umbrella that zips to this three quarters of the umbrella um, sheet, waterproof sheet, that for all intents and purposes turns it into a tent. And that is what I set up after the seven minute walk from the hotel. Again, I was staying at the, the Premier Inn this time, not the noisy, horrible one. Seven minutes walk, nice food, um, a good night's sleep. And the next day, the train back was uh, booked for like quarter to one. So I could stay until checkout time at 12. So I could literally finish at three, head back, have a really good night's sleep, wake up, get showered, go and have a full English breakfast in the Brewers' Fair, and then get back to the train station in plenty of time. And then train back, first class, free tea, free biscuits, bosh done. Now, there was one disappointment. Um, well, there are several, but the first disappointment is that on previous the previous two occasions I ran the Hoth, as I said, there was a tent where a lady, who I want to say was part of the charity aspect of the company, was making hot tea and coffees and bacon sandwiches for small token amounts of change. For this reason, I took a pocket full of change with me as I thought a hot tea and bacon sandwiches throughout the night would be perfect. 
especially when the temperatures drop after the sun goes down. Alas, the tent was not there this time. And so I was a bit disappointed, doubly so in that the water bottle that I used to keep my tea uh, didn't keep it hot for very long at all. I was also low on nutrition. I had a meal deal from the train station that was a sandwich and some crisps and a couple of chocolate bars and a Coke and a samosa uh, and a flask of now cold tea, which is not really enough. But enough said next time, again, you learn from your mistakes, I will get a proper flask um, that I know is up to the job. My camp was pretty good, I have to say. Uh, I put the bivy bag down that actually has a waterproof ground sheet. I used its pegs and those that came with the umbrella to fasten the thing down in case of wind. Not that there was much wind, you understand. Uh, and it was over 20 degrees and humid as hell. But the last thing you need when you're running four miles across a suspension bridge after midnight is seeing a familiar looking umbrella caught by a gust of wind and sailing into the Humber River. My camp now secure, it was race time. But first, the shoes. I also have this habit of buying new shoes and not breaking them in before a race because I'm desperate to find the right pair of shoes because they've changed so many times over the years. And you cannot believe the number of times that I've done this and the amount of grief I get from my fellow super runners like Jen and Lewis. And true to, true to form, a brand new pair of New Balance Supercomp arrived the day I travelled and they were, and they were glorious. They were an incredible fit. The cushioning is excellent it's superb normally massively padded shoes are good for running but but not for the walking part because normally it kills your achilles because you're not walking how you'd normally walk because of their shape not these though i and i'm glad as i needed to find the right shoe to prepare for new york city marathon in november and these i believe are that shoe and so to the plan Three laps in the first segment before, but between six and nine, done. Two in the second segment before midnight, done. And then one in the same segment or the first segment after midnight, done. And then a final segment that started at two and would finish just after three. And that is exactly what I did. Going out with a big crowd, mostly full of six-hour racers, the 12-hour runners were probably no more than a couple of dozen. There was no music allowed. Again, that's something else that adds to this being hell. So people chat, they pair up, they group up. Last year, it kind of annoyed me that when you haven't got your headphones in, all you hear is someone saying, well done, well done, well done, well done. And it's basically like, for me, it felt like Rain Man asking for how, uh, how he wants his steak cooked um, at a restaurant. Well done. Well done. Well done. And he kind of killed me saying well done to every single person he saw. So this year I pretended to be a little bit of a mute and I, I just waved at everybody and smiled. Um, as well as offering a few high fives and low fives that a couple of guys then tried to reach for but didn't fully connect. And so... When it comes to it, as I mentioned earlier, the Hell on the Humber was one of those 
races where you learn from your past mistakes, but you can learn from the things that worked. So you took, I took forward each time I've run it, new the things that worked, and you're kind of honing your situation. You're honing what what nutrition you take, or the clothes that you wear, or the shoes that you wear, or your your race plan. So my race plan from last year, I used that exact race plan for this year, in as much as the laps that I completed and when. The hotel, my second hotel from last year, became the first hotel from this year, the only hotel this year. Uh, the food was therefore the same place. The train I got back, based on last year, where it was too early, I got a later one this time. And rather than sleep on a, or sit on a bag the whole evening, I made my little camp out of the umbrella and the, and the bivy bag. So I learned from what worked, and I learned from what didn't. And I kind of was really happy with how it went. I mean, I may be exhausted. Uh, this is now Monday at lunchtime um, because I didn't really sleep too well after I got back yesterday because of the, the cramping and the shuckling of my legs. But it worked. And that was 100 Marathon Club number 80 in seven years and 11 months. And I have another one, uh, the Thames Par 50 coming up soon too so before i get to my eight year marathoning anniversary which i think is the 25th of september i would have run 81 and for me that is a minor miracle i for the rest of the year though um taking things forward and progressively uh or progressing um i have thames path 50, which I did last year, and I just aim to do a bit better this year, uh, starting at Putney and ending in Runnymede. Then I have, I am volunteering in uh, Swindon 50, walking the tail or running the tail for Matt Jones. That is, uh, it's a 10 hour cutoff. So worst case situation, I'll be following the last person um, I'm collecting the flags on the way round, or the arrows, and giving them into the uh, checkpoints. To t and telling people to, to each checkpoint to, that I'm the last person, so they can pack up. And I just need to make sure the last person gets around safe and sound uh, whilst doing all that. So that'd be a nice easy one, uh, other than having to spend ten hours plus on your feet. But I'm down in Swindon for two days, and I'll see Matt and other people down there. Then I have the biggie. So all of these very slow races are great for time on your feet and time in your head but it's not going to prepare me for the new york city marathon in november um that's going to involve me now starting a uh, a marathon training plan i do have a marathon training plan and this weekend uh, the weekend just gone where i ran the hoth and 28 miles of it it wanted me to run eight so i think i might be ahead of the curve just at the moment and then i've actually added a new race in peterborough at the end in december at the beginning just to tie off the year on 84 with a bit of luck but this was number 80 and i'm kind of happy how it went <laughs>